to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. $35 or more is free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn 2.05 APY all through your brokerage account. Secure, secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner, and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Happy Halloween! Woo! Jay here at PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Park Studios. I uh, I can't see shit right now because I'm dressed like a... Uh, I'm kind of dressed for Halloween, kind of, but not really. I'm dressed like a, uh, a Russian fighter pilot. I've got gray gloves on. I've got uh, a gray, like, over ja- sweater jacket. Um, and I've got a big black helmet on it and, and I've got Cosmo sunglasses on. So I'm, uh, I'm streaming live from inside a helmet. It's fucking sweaty in here. Uh, I can't even, I can't even sip my, hold on. I'm going to try to sip my coffee. Hold on. This should be a good, this should be a good shitty, uh, a shorty for the, for the, the, the Instagram. Ah, not like a natural. Anyways, uh, you guys can find me. I've been doing a lot of clippy clips on uh, Instagram. So go to Instagram and look up at positive underscore sarcasm. You could also see him on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Or you can just say hi to me and, ha- and be friends with me on, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. And my glasses are fogging up right now, so I can't see shit. Because every time I'm talking, like all the hot, like I, it's hot in here. And then I'm talking against the microphone, so the breath bounces back into the helmet. And then it fogs up against my glasses. So there's no real ventilation in here, but I'm doing the best I can. The only problem is I can't see my notes. So I, you know, I've got like fucking, I've got the cataracts right now of a cocker spaniel with these sunglasses on. So I I might have to take these off, but uh, let's see. So yeah, I'm ripping up the clippies on Instagram. So feels, uh, feels free to go and check those out. I also got the wall of coffee going up. It's not behind me to behind me on the podcast. 
uh, is going to be the Supreme Sarcasm logo that I made. I'm basically making fun of Supreme because everything is supremely overpriced. Um, but I just I found the I found the font that they use. It's like Futura Bold or something. So I took that and I put uh, Sarcasm underneath it. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get that printed out. I'm going to put that behind me. So when you when you stream the podcast, if you ever watch the podcast live stream, you'll be able to see that. But I figured, what's the best way? I cannot fucking see for the life of me. So I gotta take the sunglasses off. Eh, eh, eh. Trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be festive for Halloween. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, I've also got these battery cables that, when I press the power button, they light up. So it's pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing. <laughs> It's a mess right now, but I'm having fun with it. But the wall of coffee is officially gone up. I've already got four starters in there. It's basically a little art, uh, piece of... Uh, instead of going out and buying like artwork or shit, I mean, you know how much time and effort goes into making like these uh, these like pictures that they put on the coffee? Like, uh, like La Colombe has like a birdie on it and then uh, uh, rusted root coffee or whatever the hell it is, the fat tire blend. Wooden roadshed or whatever the hell, wooden side of the roadhead. I don't know. Um, woodshed rose coffee. There it is. Yeah, they have artwork on theirs. There's the 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 uh, maple nut coffee blend. I have that one up there. And then of course I have the what is it? The Peruvian roast from what is that? Oh, Laird Superfood Group. Laird. Yeah, they're they're their artwork. So I'm making basically like a collage of all the coffee that I drink here on the on the on the podcast and I'm going to put it in a of course I'm going to frame it and I'm going to put it up on the wall and I've got four in there right now uh I'm, I am of course going to get I have to go buy some Cafe Bustello so I can put that up in the art mural as well because you know Cafe Bustello isn't is a hands down it is a staple of the positive sarcasm podcast so I have to go get that bought that and cut that out and put that on the wall only problem is, is like if I go to like I can't do Illy's because Illy's it's an Italian roast, but it comes in a metal can, so I don't know how I'm gonna do that. What I like have to cut the can, like the label out, and then hit it with a hammer and kind of flatten it out. I mean, if I can do that, I will totally do that. I mean, it's art. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of time and effort in photography and fo- color correction is put into put it. Oh, dear, is put into the 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 effort you know that shit's put into the, the the labels and stuff so it's catchy and people look at it and go oh that's pretty i should buy that coffee it's got maple syrup on it so i mean i gotta put that up i mean it's pretty it's a pretty novel idea and it it, it go it'll go well with the studio and once i fill up that it's like a 10 by 12 or something 10 by 14 and then once i fill that one up uh when i start getting more blends i'll go again another 10 by 14 and fill that up with different blends and go from there and just keep filling up the studio with cool coffee blends or whatever themes I'm thinking of that would go well with the studio. But I mean, the only hard time I'm having right now is the fact that I'm sweating profusely in this uh, Russian fighter pilot outfit and the fact that it's making it hard to drink my coffee. But I got to tell you right now, at least my coffee's it's a little cooler, so it's easier to drink. Hold on. Got to get a sippy sip. Mm-mm. There we go. And these lights keep shutting off on this stupid Duracell battery pack, so I got to keep turning on these lights. I didn't really think ahead with the lights, but... So yeah, I am ripping it up on the Instagram clips. Those are a lot of fun to make. And I finally figured out a way how to make those uh, better sound quality on the Instagram clips 
because I've been, I've obviously, it's like, dude, why don't I just sync the podcast with the video clips, put them together, and boom, now I've got better video. Makes perfect sense to me. But, and then, of course, the artwork, it's like, the artwork is fine. I mean, it, it's cool. It's a good idea. It's a great way to not spend a lot of money to fill up the walls in the studio to make it look different than other studios. You know, instead of like blowing my freaking financial load on the on artwork out there, like what do I want? Like a fucking Vincent Van Gogh or James Vanderbeek uh, posters on my? No, I want like you know something that displays the amount of money that I spend on coffee. So it makes perfect sense for me to get something like that. So I'm gonna get a bunch of those, and I wonder how much noise I am I'm making by knocking up against this freaking wall right here. I should probably stop doing that and probably just stay. Stay still. Um, so, yeah, I should probably do that. So, what else did I got going on here? I know I just did about seven minutes on that, but that wasn't really one to start it with. I was thinking about um, also locations about where I wanted to. If I wasn't going to stream from the podcast studio, where would I stream? Would I want to stream from like an island? Would I want to stream from like an ocean side? Or if there was, you know, if there was Wi Fi on the Isle of Shoals, could I do a, a podcast live stream from there? That'd be pretty cool. So I just that was the thought in my head, and I figured I'd share it with you. So if you guys have ideas, you can send them in. And obviously, uh, I could podcast from anywhere because that's just ambient noise. The question is, where can I live stream from? Because I'm obviously going to need some type of Wi-Fi in order to live stream. Or I can do like a special guest edition, not one that's necessarily an episode number, but one that has like, you know, it's like an extra. Like that time I did Giovanni Orlando Pena. He stopped by. That was an extra episode. Uh... So I could do that one. I don't have to live stream that one. But also, let's see. Yeah, so I was just I was going through that and just getting some some more ideas. I'm going to probably have to take this thing off like halfway through the podcast. It's really killing me right now. So, and also you can't take me seriously uh when I'm wearing these things. If I'm like if I'm if I'm like talking about a serious topic and I've got a freaking space helmet on, I don't think you're going to take me as serious. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, yes. But if you're watching the podcast, not likely. But I wanted to have fun with it, you know? It was just one of those things I got in the idea in my head. Plus, this helmet, you will be seeing this helmet hopefully later. Um, I'm, working on a, I'm working on a project, a video project. I haven't said anything about it. I haven't given any definition to what it's going to be about. And I'm in, I'm hopefully by the end of this weekend, I'll be moving into stage two of the project. There are some very, very special projects that I've been, you know, tinkering on here and there and getting some ideas for. And this one, I, and some of them haven't really even gotten to the next stage. This one is hopefully by the end of this weekend going to be moving to stage, mm, stage two. Well, no, this is, no, stage one is done, basically. Stage two, I want to comp complete this weekend. And then stage three is moving it to the next location. And if I can complete stage three, it's fucking on. That means we're going to go ahead with the actual video portion of the project. There's a lot of preparation and time spent literally just at the studio, uh, just me getting this done. And it's been shitty out. There's been a lot of rain in the forecast. Uh, I've been super busy during the weekdays. And it just, it sucks. But I'm doing the best I can with the time I have available to me. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not making any excuses it's just now that I have a kind of a rhythm going and, and the time allocated, I have a real chance to get this thing done by the end of this weekend. If I just put my best nuts forward, I can get this done. And that kind of brings me to, I, I shared a uh, article this week because I've been really trying to push it hard, uh, getting this podcast finally 
in a rhythm and some of the 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 some some loose structure of it fine-tuned and i think i have it now which is great there's the q a which i love doing the articles which i love reading my quotes and stuff and thoughts in the beginning and then other and then the coffee thing which is now getting going and uh i'm enjoying and doing all that and then of course but i want to get back into the video stuff i love doing it it's so much fun i mean after i did that wedding video in san francisco i just i went off the grid because that was, I didn't want to be hasty to follow that one up with something crappy because that was, I guess, probably some of my best work according to my critics. Not that I really pay attention to critics, especially the ones that reviewed the Joker movie. But I had a question about, there was an article, I'm going to read this article actually. I really, I don't know what that was all about. So yeah, this is a really, really good article. Or at least it's an interesting article. It's from thenewinquiry.com. It's by Cassandra V. And it's basically just titled, Work Sucks. And the revolution will not be a job fair. No one is going to check your, your cover letter. And I'm kind of paraphrasing through it where this is her opening, this is her opening uh, paragraph. How's my, <laughs> I'm curious how my vocals sound right now, but uh, we're going run... to run with it. People don't need any convincing to hate their jobs. They do, their jobs do that for them. Like hating the police, hating your job. Now, I don't know this woman's political or cultural thought process. I'm just, this was an article where I go, Jesus, it's, it's, it's interesting how aggressive my articles used to be. It's interesting, interesting to see somebody coming from the same amount of aggression. Um, so I'm kind of like, all right, all right, I'll let me hear what she has to say in, in an aggressive tone of voice that I used to use when I would, when I would write articles like hating the police, hating your job is one of the most beautiful and natural things you can do which is why popular culture works so hard to convince us that cops are heroes and that jobs are actually good. Well, that's a different, the cops thing is a different argument, okay? There's, I, yeah, that's a different thing. So let's move that aside. Obviously, she's got beef with the police. Sometimes, in order to survive our day-to-day, we need to believe them. So we spend a tremendous amount of time and energy telling ourselves that work is fine, even as the power used, power used, Waste created and products manufactured in our work destroy the planet. But toxic repression isn't just bad for your mental health. It's terrible for your skin. For many people, the repression, this repression curdles into ideology. Love what you do, do what you love. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. In other words, the mark of, the mark of work is that it's the thing you do that you fucking hate. Boomers consistently peddle this love your job line. It's a bad hangover from the conservative side of the hippies and workers movements on the long 60s. At its best, the movement wanted to abolish work and spread love in its place. But as the movement sputtered out, a bunch of assholes in California came to a compromise with capital and decided to love their work instead and invented Silicon Valley. Nowadays, you can't throw a management book at a workplace motivational poster without hitting a phrase about worker passion. I'm going to read this one more, this, uh, this paragraph and then the last paragraph. What happens if you do succeed and get a dream job and actually love your work? You're the biggest sucker you know. Loving your job is just doing effective labor for your boss. Sure, it may make survival easier, but loving your job is a compensation that benefits your boss much more than you, making your harder working less likely to quit or move on. Making you, oh, wait, wait. The benefits your boss much more than you, making you more hardworking, less likely to quit or move on, better at making money for them, and therefore easier to exploit. I've never met a job I couldn't be ungrateful for, and that's just not because 
no one is going to pay me to watch horror movies, read novels, and eat bonbons in bed all day. Because even if they did, one day I'd wake up and decide what I really wanted to do was go for a hike or move to Georgia or go back to sleep. But my boss would be there tapping his foot, looking at his watch with a box of Freer Rocher and a copy of Blue Way of Alien vs. Predator. She's kind of a, ch- uh, she's a little choppy, but... Though the tasks and conditions of work are themselves often oppressive, it is a necessity of giving up the majority of your waking time and energy to production. Irrespective of your desires, feelings, or needs, that is fundamentally oppressive and valuable aspect of work. So she obviously is really going after the people who um, pretend like they love what they do, they never work a day in their life, or they have a passion for the career that they're seeking out or the career that they do have. And she's just calling them fucking suckers. Now, let's see. Let's start. I'll, I'll close with the final part because she basically goes deeper and deeper and deeper into this, this thought process. She definitely was vamping and venting, and that's okay. That's okay. Let's start working together openly on those projects, and let's stop framing them as individual acts rather than collective ones. Let's talk about how to attack our jobs and call these acts of theft autonomous wage increases, or whatever makes them palatable to our theory friends. Let's describe it uh, with that magical talismanic word of organizing we love so much to appeal to the activists. Let's recognize there are more... Wait a minute. Right. Let's recognize there are more satisfying ways to fuck the boss than just getting a contract with a union. Why not build politics around material reality, that we hate our jobs, that our productivity destroying the planet instead of around some magical idealistic notion about the dignity of our labors? Fuck that. Your job sucks, and so does mine. Let's team up to make sure we never have to go there again. So obviously, if I was to read this whole article, there would be a lot of stuff about how this whole... Now, this girl, I don't know. Maybe she's not a fan of capitalism. But I just don't think she's... This chick is not up for pretending. Not in any way, shape, or form. This chick is not about pretending. I don't know her. I don't know her ideologies. I just know that this article is coming from a place of true aggression. There's a little bit of heart in it. And the fact that she's just not up with the the, the bullshit that is the nine-to-fiver in... I, I get it. People going to the job, putting on a smiley face. When they answer the telephone, they, their voice gets upbeat. But you know they're fucking dead inside. And they're popping clonazepam the minute they step out of the door and drop their kids off at school. I get what she's saying. I get what she's saying, and I completely understand it from that viewpoint. And if and But the, pro, the problem is, this actually ties back to the the girl that told me up front at the grocery store that she hated her job. And I knew she did. I knew she did. She either hated me or the job or possibly both. Two, I mean, both are po- quite plausible. I mean, I have people that hate me. I mean, I, obviously. Um, but still, openly said they hate their jobs and would rather be doing something else that... Well, first of all, you have a, the reason jobs exist is so you can get paid. All right, you, this fucking socialist utopic uh, utopic idea doesn't work. We have to there there's shit that has to be done. Somebody has to do the work. Therefore, we're going to compensate you to do it. She's just simply stating, let's not pretend. Let's not pretend to like the job. Okay, but people do have to show. There has to be some effort shown in the process that you actually do give a shit about making sure that you do the job correctly, and. I, um, th- this article was... I didn't want to talk completely about the article. I wanted to kind of 
kind of put a little bit out there about this is you know we we, we you have your jobs you do them not because you love them you try to be upbeat do a good job be a honest a, a good member of the community by showing a good effort whether it's for your kids or for your family or for yourself or for your coworkers whatever it is you go out and you look like a model employee even though you're making a shit ton for a company that would at a moment's notice get rid of you Okay, if it had to, you would be an expendable asset. And that brings me to a couple questions that I actually have for you, my audience. And yes, don't fucking kid yourself. After uh, about a solid year of actually doing this now, I do have an audience. But these are the questions I have for you. What if this all goes away? And what I mean by, what if, if all the perks of all the effort the fake effort that you've put out there, or the real effort, depending, say, for example, your job. What if you suddenly went into the office and they had to cut your pay? Or you walked in one day and they had to let you go? Whether you did something just nonchalantly, like something forgettable, but it turned out to be like a major violation and you lost your job because of it. Or you got, hey, we don't have money and they lay you off. I've been laid off, you know? laid off or you know or what if you just one day at the office you just can't handle it and you have a breakdown you know overload and you just quit you just can't take it anymore your pills aren't working right that day your health is kind of taking into you have to take your health into account at work and you just you just fucking blow a fuse you can't go in anymore your job is gone or what happens if your family if there's an illness in your family like for example my boy Jordan Peterson one of my most, the most respected uh, philosophers of our time, in my opinion. His wife, has, his wife is recovering from cancer. And he had to, he went on clonazepam to deal with the fact that his wife was basically dying. And in order to get off of clonazepam, he had to check himself into a facility to recover properly so he could do the, go through the withdrawals and stuff. So what if all of a sudden your your fa- somebody in your family comes somebody very close to you that you're really connected with has severe illness? Or what if a rocky marriage just suddenly falls apart and you're not prepared for it? Or you lose a loved one or your health or somebody it, it all that so family stuff. What if that just happens all of a sudden? What do you have answers to these questions? Are you prepared for 80% of this? 50% of this? 10% of this? What if you have a business and all of a sudden you start losing money in that business? How much time are you allocating in your business? And what if you're spending so much time allocating it and the whole business falls apart anyways? Whether it be to a partner bolting or investments failing or lawsuits or copyrights or trademarks. What about your home? What if you get thrown out of your home? I've been thrown out of my home. What if it becomes too expensive and you can't afford the rent or the mortgage? What if uh, your home gets burned down in a fire? What if it's if it just gets the home situation becomes too messy where you just can't keep up with the up daily upkeep, the weekly upkeep, and it just tears you apart? So what if it all goes away? What are you gonna do? And and here's the thing: is is it really that hard? Have you re- if you really have put yourself in that type of situation where all of those things have happened to you? I don't have empathy for you. And if I'm a person, it's hard to have empathy for people. But all of, if all of this stuff is happening to you, 
you did something wrong. You took the wrong path. You weren't paying close enough attention. But if it's one of these things that causes all these things to fall apart, you know, I, there's a, there's a huge the surging requests for for medic for prescribed medications and uh, psychological behavioral health health visits is going through the roof. People can't handle their own lives anymore. I don't understand what the fuck their problem is, and or but maybe or maybe I do. Maybe it's the fact that people have just put too much on their plate, or maybe epigenetics. Epigenetics? I think it's epigenetics. Maybe they're just genetically not de- they're not designed to handle a strong workload. Or maybe they just had a poor upbringing where they're not designed to handle the stresses of life where most people could. And everything for them is a little triggering disaster. You know, we all have bills, we all have responsibilities, but maybe it's because so people so many people are just focused on uh, college or work. They're not focused on passion. They're not focused on dreams. They're not doing willing to do what it takes to get it. And when they set those things aside for too long, it's very easy to become emotionally broken, to become physically broken. It's very easy to go through uh, a certain point of time where you just put all your dreams aside. Generally, it's a lot. If or for me, I had to, um, some of my dreams have come and gone, and now I have a grasp at something. I finally have gotten a grasp on some of the ambitions or the dreams and the projects that I've been working on. And it's kind of taken a lot of the the steam out of that potential explosion because I'm really pleased for the first time, now that I think about it, I'm actually quite pleased with some of the things that I've done. And people are really happy the fact that I'm considered reliable with these projects or these products or these services. And it makes it, it just makes it more fun to do them. So I the idea is that I didn't I finally was in a position to not put off my dreams any longer. And that delayed the, an inevitable or possible huge disaster. There are so many people out there that they put aside all their ambitions and their hopes and dreams and the things that they wanted to do. And now finally they are in a position where they can't get back to square one. Where to make their dreams possible again. They're just so focused on pretending to love their work or they're, you know, pretending that their home life is going okay or that their financial situation is, you know, peachy keen. It's right there in front of them and yet they can't see it. They're too afraid or unwilling to talk about it and sort it out. And then what happens when it does fall apart? How do you react to it? How do you respond to such a disaster that you saw coming to begin with? Am I supposed to feel sorry for you at that point? If I drive by in my fucking V8 convertible and I see you on the side of the road and instead of your car, instead of your your homeless sign saying, you know, homeless vet, you know, anything will help, it says, um, I did this to my fucking self. I pretended like everything was fine and it actually wasn't. Is that what it really should say? Is that what it really should say? And in that, and in, if that's the case, am I supposed to feel sorry for you? I've helped people with many projects, okay? And I don't feel like a savior or anything. They just didn't have time or they weren't sure what direction. I kind of nudged them towards the finish line. You know, nudged them towards the finish line. 
or some things I went above and beyond anything they actually would have expected, and they were just overwhelmed with joy, tears of joy, that I was able to help them and serve them like that. But the idea that I put all my emotion into the work, the passion that I have for this project, well, this website, this podcast, these videos, it leaves me very little empathy. It, 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 I don't have enough time for emotion in other categories. I save all my emotion for this passion project of mine, and I have no time for you fucking idiots who have basically done nothing with your lives or put off your projects for so damn long that, well, it's your fault. At that point, it is your fault. If you got maybe, if you got, if your job's going fine and your marriage is okay, but you got a little overweight and, you know, your doctor's like, all right, listen, you, you're going to have type 2 diabetes in about six months if you don't knock it off with the fucking candy. Speaking of candy, I got an idea coming up. All right, you can turn your life around. You fucked up a little bit, but people will cheer you on if you decide you're going to turn this shit around. And remember, don't talk about it, be about it. Go and d- start doing it and don't and be like, listen, yeah, you're seeing some of the people are seeing some of the results, but you're not done. You need to go and you need to continue to kick ass and not really talk about it. Just go out and be about it. Lose that weight. Get in shape. Take care of your finances. There are plenty of ways to to save yourself from financial disaster. There are. My brother went through it. I went through it. My sister went through it. Yes, I have family and they still talk about me from time to time. So maybe not with this helmet. So the idea is that there are oh, there's always a way out. Okay, and I don't mean like you know a Glock in your mouth and your finger on the trigger. I mean like there's an actual way to solve a lot of your problems rationally. You just have to instead of do you need a shrink or just do you need a friend? And I mean like an actual friend. Like if you call them, are they actually going to answer the goddamn phone? You know, I actually called, like I said, I, I talked about it last week. I called a buddy of mine. He picked up the phone. That's the thing. This is a buddy who who's freaking, who practically spams me on Instagram every day. Spams me on Instagram. Except for uh, last, except for yesterday. I went on a long tangent on Insta. I haven't heard from him since. I hope he's not mad at me. But still. Um, you, but yet, this is the same person where if I call him, he calls me back. Or he picks up the phone. That's what a friend is, okay? A lot of, th- I mean, I called somebody the other day, went to voicemail, and they don't check their voicemails anymore. Well, why the fuck do you have voicemails? Don't set up your voicemail. I, have we gotten that lazy? No wonder people are falling apart. No wonder people can't handle their life, their job, their, their family life, their health. Everybody needs friggin' lorazepam. Or, or Xanax or some shit. Nobody can sleep. Nobody's taking care of themselves. This is why I don't have empathy for anybody. Shut the fuck up. Do the work. Put in the effort. It's your life. You're the individual. Handle it. I don't have any... I don't give a shit about anything if you aren't showing anything. I don't, I, I don't have to. I don't have to feel sorry for you. I don't, I don't give a shit about victims. Everybody's got shit that happened to them in, with, with their life. When I talk about job, family, business, home, things fall apart. Are you prepared for it? You learn a lot by doing it. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but you got to write all this shit down. You got to be prepared for at least some of it. But the, I see people every day. They're falling apart. You just see people, their skin, 
their metaphorical skin is just being, they're tearing it off themselves or it's just flaking off because they don't use the lotion. They just, it's, you just watch, you're watching people tear themselves apart on their own doing. And you would say it's sad, but I don't care. I don't care at all. They're just, at that point, you can't save them. They're, they're, they're drowning themselves. If you go out and try to help them, they'll drag you down too. You got to let it, you got to move past these people. I'm just giving you forewarning before the bus hits you that these are things that you got to be prepared for. And it all boils down to, have you addressed your life's passion? The things that you really want to get after. And if you're not doing it, all these issues are going to compile and you're going to break. So you need to, what now or later, I talked to a lady the other day. She finally decided she was going to lose weight. And I said, don't tell me, show me. And she told me she lost five pounds. I'm like, that's water weight. And she told me she lost uh, 10 pounds. I'm like, yep, all right, well, we'll see what's next. Tells me the next week. She's down 15 pounds. Okay. That's different. When you get past, when you lose five pounds the first week, that's water weight and digestive weight. No big deal. When you get to 10 pounds, okay, you've depleted your body. You, you've depleted your body of most of its carbohydrates, glucose sources, and now you're starting to lean out a lot of that water and some of that fat. Great. Awesome. When you start talking about 15 pounds, 15 pounds is okay. You've depleted a lot of your, your digestive waste, your water, your water retention of the, of the carbs that were in your body, and you're actually starting to possibly lose some of that visceral fat that's inside your body, which can cause all kinds of damage. So when you start getting to 15 to 20 to 25 pounds, you're actually making a difference. And that's when you people will start, you don't physically see it on a person. Not for the most part, but you can feel it in their tone that they're actually excited, like they think they're making a difference. It's like, okay, good. You're on the right track now. Now, you're not going to lose, lose five pounds a week. You should be lose more going forward a pound a week, two pounds a week at the most, at the very most. That's what you kind of want to focus on is that little increments each week. That means you're doing it healthily, healthily or doing it healthy-wise or whatever. So those little increments of improvement. It takes a while. Everybody wants instant results. That's just not how it works. So if you are willing to take control of your own situation and chase those passion projects, you could come out on top. You really, really could. And that's when people like me are going to cheer you on. But until then, I'm just going to keep pushing forward my stupid helmet on and my light up and my light up USB cables and continue on with my podcast and my video stuff. And that's it. I don't like relying on people because I don't think people are ultimately that reliable. Um, uh, the reason I keep that bolt slightly uh, unscrewed and loose is so I make this whole project more self-sufficient. Because if I can do it myself, why am I gonna talk? Why am I gonna have you come by and have you help me out or possibly screw it up? You know, I like doing it like this. This is fun. This, I this is my hour to be silly or serious or fun, or educational, and I enjoy it. And granted, I'm sniffing in a lot of paint fumes right now from this newly painted helmet, which needs to be repainted again because I fucked up and chipped a couple things. But I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying the hell out of myself. I'm talking about random shit for 30 minutes. So this is cool. I'm enjoying the hell out of myself. So do yourself favors. Get your shit together. Start planning those, those projects, those passion projects. Get after it. 
There's never, and it's no such thing as too late. You can start now. Otherwise, things are just going to fall apart. All right. So we are at 34 minutes. Uh, where was that thing about candy? I did talk about candy. Should I pour myself another coffee? Yeah, I should. Might as well start sweating. This week's coffee, of course, is Laird Hamilton's uh, Peruvian Dark Roast. It is quite delicious. And I have figured out how to get it. If I do this carefully, I can actually get it between the visor of my uh, helmet. I'm glad I don't eat a lot of barbecue on this podcast. Okay. So, uh, it is... By the time most of you people hear this, it'll be October 31st, which means Halloween will be here. There's a ton. I, I saw this thing about the candy hierarchy. First of all, where I did I just I did a quick perusal through this thing. This is on boingboing.net. I don't see any score bars. Why so much freaking disrespect for the score bars? That's bullshit. The score bar is like one of the tastiest, easiest treats to eat. It's like 50-something cents. It's got like crunchy nougat. It's got a little layer of chocolate. Oh, it's so good. You guys got to Google it. Google a score bar. S-K-O-R. Is it? S-K- yeah. S-K-O-R. It's got like a classic black label with red letters or orangey letters. It's absolutely phenomenal. But you guys are going to be handing out candy and shit like that. So, I mean, obviously, I, when in doubt, you got to always go with the M&Ms. Peanut M&Ms, because you know there's some kids in, on your street that you absolutely despise. And if they have an allergy, what a great way to take them out. But M&Ms in general are perfect. Caramel M&Ms, go-tos. But they talk about the candy hierarchy, and everybody roasts about the peanut butter cups. Everybody loves their Reese's peanut butter cups. And that's, like, number one on here. So Reese's peanut butter cups is always a great, you know, your house is not going to get toilet papered or egged if you're giving out, you know, the classic RPBCs. Kit Kats, you can't go wrong with Kit Kats. Kit Kats are delicious. The one thing I don't like about Kit Kats is you can't spin them in a blender with a protein shake. They end up not tasting like anything. But if you put them in a ice cream, they're good. Twix, Twix is a killer. Twix is an absolute assassin when it comes to candy bars. An absolute assassin. Any flavor, any t- it doesn't matter. The, the white chocolate ones, the dark chocolate ones, the classic Twix, the big Twix, the king size Twix, the mini Twix, doesn't matter. Twix is the shit all day long. Now, the classic all-time Snickers bar, you... I got to tell you, the Snickers bar, I hope, never changes. The only thing they really did with it is they made like a dark Twix, or excuse me, a dark Snickers and an ice cream Snickers. The ice cream Snickers is absolutely delicious. They did that along with the Milky Way bar, which is further down the list, and those are classic go-tos. The Snickers bar, for me, is probably, that is the Derek Jeter of candy bars, all right? Never let you down. Like I said, peanut M&Ms and regular M&Ms are good because they come in little packets. They're they're easy. If you can't spend a lot of money on the kids for Halloween, you can always get little packets of fun-size M&Ms, and that's it. They're recognizable. They're not shitty candy, and they're good to give out for kids. So you, you can't go wrong. They get M&Ms. They're not going to complain. Nestle Crunch is an old one. It's an old-school one. Those, if you buy the fun-size packages, and they come with like random like candy bars, Nestle Crunch is one that's in there. Full size is actually pretty good, though. Definitely pretty good. And you can make, uh, I think you can make more, more s'mores out of them. I think you can. I don't know. Toblerone, you're not getting. Good luck with that one. Milky Way bars are awesome. Something about Milky Way bars versus Three Musketeers. 
Milky Way bar is actually quite the delicious candy bar. Uh, no crunch in it whatsoever, and amazing in ice cream format. Amazing. And quite good as a, in a protein shake, I have to admit. Well, almost dropped my coffee. All right, so, yeah, Milky Way bar all day long. And if you're in a rich neighborhood, if you've got a rich zip code, and they're in, and the, the, the cougar next door is giving out lint truffles. Mm. That'll lint inside the helmet. If she's giving out lint truffle candies, you are ballin'. Lint truffle candies are amazing. Lint truffles are, they're Swiss chocolates, and they're basically a little, they're like a ball, but inside it's completely like a cream center, and they are amazing. They come in all different flavors, all different, anything you could think of, even mint. They're in there, and they're all winners. Uh, Rolos, Rolos are an old school candy, a lot like score bars. They're filled with caramel or butterscotch caramel. And uh, they're a good bite-sized candy when you just want to pop one in your mouth. They're a good one to go to. Three Musketeers, um, I was going to say that's probably the worst candy bar I've ever had. But I actually had one the other day, and it wasn't that bad. But for the most part, a full-size Three Musketeers is something you'll never, ever see me buy. It is my probably one of my least favorite candy bars of all time. There's just something about the, the layering and how it, it just does not work for me. I'll take a Charleston Chew or a Butterfingers over Three Musketeers. The classic Hershey's Dark Chocolate, you'll get those in a lot of your fun size packs. York Peppermint Patties, you are definitely going out of your way if you're, bring, if you're putting out York Peppermint Patties on Halloween. But if you're doing it, hey, good for you. There's nothing wrong with it. York Peppermint Patties are definitely a wild card when that, when that freaking seven-year-old is opening up and ripping through his candy and getting a glucose overload and he sees a York Peppermint Patty, that's going to keep him going. $100,000 grand bar, um, not bad, not bad. Don't have much to say about it, but if it's in there, you're not going to complain. Skittles, all day, all night. There's nothing wrong with like, tasting the rainbow and getting one of those funsy packs inside your, your bag for Halloween. That's a winner. Starburst, same thing. Definitely a little odd, has some haters, kind of polarizing, but I'm okay with like a good classic lemon or strawberry Starburst. I know they got all kinds of flavors. Hershey's Milk Chocolate, they'll be in your bag. Expect them. Heath Bars, underrated. Like the score bar, the Heath, the Heath Bar, if you get a Heath Bar, first of all, that's one of the best ice cream flavors you can buy, okay? I don't care what is out there. The Heath Bar Crunch ice cream nails it every time. You can even get it in gelato flavor, I think. Junior Mints, same thing like the York Peppermint Patties. If you're getting Junior Mints in your, in your Halloween luggage, you're in for a good time. It's very refreshing. Uh, let's see. What else is here? Caramellos, not bad. Nerds, nerds you're going to get. Nerds I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't know why we bought them as a kid. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't even remember buying them as a kid, but I had them. Uh, Milk Duds, Milk Duds are really good. Milk Duds are your, I'm going to the movie theater. Uh, that's what you get. You know, either Milk Duds or Snow Caps or what else? What's the other one? Hold on, there's one more. Raisinets. I'm a ra old school. I'm raisinettes. That's that's the dad in me. I got no kids though. Uh, Hershey Kisses. Hershey Kisses is more towards eh, Hershey Kisses aren't bad, but you're more likely to get those during Christmas time than you are during Halloween. I think I could be wrong. There's nobody here to argue with me, so I'm going to assume I'm right. Jolly Ranchers is an odd one, uh, especially if they if if you're in a warmer climate, they'll tend to melt and get outside the packaging, which can really fuck up your your game there. Cadbury Cream Eggs. If you're getting Cadbury Cream Eggs in your Halloween thing, that means that somebody had that shit left over from April and they're adding it to the stash and throwing it in your bag. 
And I don't know how long Cadbury cream eggs are good for, but if you're getting Cadbury cream eggs from Easter for Halloween, okay, that's a cheap person right there. Let's see. Swedish fish, underrated. Takes about two and a half years to chew one, but awesome. Any type of gummy bears, even if they're Vita gummies, if you get gummy bears, you're you're having a good time that night. Smarties, uh, I'm not a big fan of Smarties. I, I could I could pass on those. Those are those are those are cavity clinchers as far as I'm concerned. Lemonheads, that's old school. Me, four years old, five years old at the beach, going to the local grocery store or local country store to go get some cheap candies. That's what lemonheads were. Gloss, uh, let's see, mint, uh, Vicodin, yeah, I don't, well, yeah. Uh, pixie sticks, pixie. I don't know if you're not going to see a lot of pixie sticks in your in uh, in Halloween bags go, that much anymore. I don't think. I don't think people go out of their way to buy those to hand those out for Halloween. Uh, lollipops, you're going to see a lot of dum-dum pops, and what's the other ones? Uh, Tootsie Roll pops. But Tootsie Roll pops are, that's a cheap way out, I think. Dum-dums are, aren't too bad because they're small, but it is a cheap candy. But if somebody's handing out a bunch of dum-dum pops, I don't think I'd get too upset about it. And then, of course, um, Smarties? Yeah, Smarties, me. All right, here's the ones, okay. If you're handing out fucking uh, candy corn, you can go fuck yourself. Okay, nobody likes candy corn. If you if you are one of those people, says, I actually really like candy corn. You have mental health issues. Seriously, there's nothing redeeming about candy corn. I don't care what flavor it is, variety pack it's in, who fucking did what to it. I don't care. Candy corn is one of the most disgusting candies ever created, bar none. It's basically just old sugar. Okay, and then they put it and they formed it into a little you know a little thing, and then they. Filled it in a bag, this shitty candy. They stuffed it in a bag, and that's it. And anytime you get like a cupcake, like a Halloween cupcake, and there's a piece of candy corn on there, take that fucking cupcake and throw it in the trash. Candy corn is disgusting. And anybody, okay, anybody who says they like candy corn automatically loses five IQ points. I don't care if I'm wearing a helmet and gloves when I say that. You lose five IQ points if you say that you like candy corn. Now, let's see. They got a couple others kicking around here. Uh, where's those freaking peanuts? Those those styrofoam peanut thingies that people hand out? Those should be banned on the market. I don't know why those are people actually go out of their way to buy those orange peanut thingies and give those to you for Halloween. I don't understand it. There's, there's almost no point in creating that. I don't understand it. But they have, uh, there's a bunch of other ones in here like chiclets and licorice, like Twizzlers. Twizzlers is underrated. Twizzlers, I think, is a good candy to give out for Halloween. I really do. I'm okay with that. Uh, don't give out fruit. Uh, if you live in California, you can hand out medicinal marijuana. That's perfectly fine. Or, gum or Well, if you're in a really good neighborhood, you can get you know some of the real gummies. But for the most part, uh, I think that's about it. So I've given you the basics for what you should really... If you want to not get your house egged or anything like that on Halloween, I gave you the basics for candies that you should be putting in kids' bags. And nowadays, since kids are greedy little fucks, you got to make sure that your give-out game is on point, all right? Otherwise, your car is going to be covered in dairy. So that's pretty much that. What are we at, 45 minutes? Okay. So we are streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. I am dressed like a Russian fighter pilot, and my lights keep going off for some reason. And, and uh, yeah, if you could want to support this podcast, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, 
any amount is appreciated. If you want to come by and sip coffee, you're more than welcome to. This podcast studio is equipped with a four to five seat arrangement. If you don't want to be on camera, I have a seat to the left of me, my left, that has a spot for sipping coffee. So uh, feel free to do that. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at positive sarcasm at outlook.com or you can just go to my website and email me directly, positive sarcasm.com. I want to get to some Q and A. So let's go ahead and do that. I am, let's see, if I'm at 46 minutes right now, I'm going to keep this head, I'm going to keep this stupid helmet on for the rest of the episode. So I want to go to, all right, that's, no, we're not going to do that one. We're not going to do that one. We're going to do that. Are we going to do this one? Oh, wait a minute. Is it, let's see, is this it? Uh, let's see. Call him Andy. No, we did Andy last week. Let's see. Struggling infertility. We'll do that one next time. Oh, wait a minute. The, oh, this is the, where's the one that I wanted to do? This one is freaking. Shit. Did I have it? I have it somewhere. I have it saved. I have to do this one. This one is, is so bizarre. Is it okay to have a, I think this is it. Six months was possible to move in a full time. Nope, not that one. Here it is. Okay. This is some dig Q&A. This is weird. So let's go ahead and read this. So let me get the microphone thingy down here. Okay. okay. All right. Should I? Okay. This is the cue. Should I apologize for trying to get my brother fired for his, quote, homophobia? I have a difficult relationship with my younger brother. We both grew up in a very religious conservative household. Ever since I came out as a lesbian, he has refused to stop going to church he attends. In parentheses, it's anti-LGBTQIA+, Jesus Christ, used homophobic language and supported anti-same-sex marriage campaigns. Keep it in the family. If you can't keep it in the pants, keep it in the family. He recently got, uh, I love my brother, but I don't like him very much. He recently got a big promotion at work. To celebrate, he threw a party at a local brewery, paid for a couple hours with an open tab, that's a lot of money, and invited his co-workers to attend, as well as some friends and family, including me. Okay, so he still talks to you. I know a couple of his co-workers through a mutual friend, and they're gay. I started talking with them, and during the conversation, I tried to apologize for my brother's homophobia. They thought my apology was a joke and believed my brother to be a great guy to work for. I started hearing about how he's a great guy to work for. Uh, uh, he's always supporting them, letting them take time off to deal with their families or kids. They thought he was the best boss they'd ever have. They even let love that he pays for Chick-fil-A sandwiches once they once a month for the office and offers them free, quote, hate chickens. <laughs> they know about him. Uh, you can read about Chick-fil-A in your own time. They know about his religion and his opinions. He told them about it. But they didn't care because he treated them well, despite working to make their love illegal. That is an opinion. I got so mad hearing about how they're willing to not just be polite, too, but genuinely like someone who hates something so fundamental about them. I was also furious at my brother for thinking he can get away with being a hateful bigot by just buying his co-workers sandwiches and, quote, joking about his real beliefs. I eventually found one of his bosses at a party and started to challenge them on why they're promoting someone who is an enemy of the LGBTIQA plus community. They ignored me, and soon my mother came and tried to get me to leave. She said I was trying to, quote, ruin my brother. I got upset at her, demanded to leave, and did. I don't believe I did anything wrong. I'm going to read that again. 
I don't believe I did anything wrong. I stood up for myself and my community. My parents think I should apologize. My brother acts like he has no idea what happened, but I think he's lying. He shouldn't be allowed to get away with this, but it hurts so much to think he will. What should I do? All right. This is the first thing you should do. The first thing you should do is apologize. The second thing you should do is shut your fucking mouth. Okay? You want to be gay? Be gay. Be as gay as you fucking want. All right? Get a t-shirt that says gay. Get a hat that says gay. Okay? Change your last name to gay. Nobody cares about what you do after 10 o'clock at night. All right? No one gives a shit. At all. You want to do that? Great. Good for you. I don't care what you are. I care about what you do. You tried to get someone, you tried to get a family member fired from a job they work very hard at where their coworkers and the bosses like them. You tried to get someone fired for their beliefs. Above all else, your brother. And if your brother does, and apparently, if your brother hates you so much, if your brother hates you so much and thinks you are such a piece of shit for being gay, why did he invite you to the company fucking party? You ever think about that, stupid? I think that, the, and obviously, you wrote this dig Q&A. You wrote this Q&A, all right? You wrote this, so you obviously have a bias. You tried to get someone fired for their thoughts and feelings. Obviously, he's having some rejection issues, so you talk to him about it. But if you can't reach him, then you stop associating with him. You don't show up to his company party. You don't talk to him. That's what you do. You don't go and try to get to change and challenge the bosses. If they're ignoring you, then guess what? You're the problem. You're the problem for what you did, not what you are for what you did. Okay? I will never challenge you for who you love or what you like to whatever at night. But what you did was you tried to get somebody fired for things that they believe in, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. But then you're going out and saying that he's trying to undo what has already been done. That's not going to happen. But this is you're, fu- you're a fucking terrible person for doing that. He may be a bad person, but you don't need to do that. And if his bosses love him and his coworkers love him and they know who he is and they don't have an issue with it, you need to chill the fuck out, bitch. Because what you did was absolutely 100% unarguably inappropriate. And by reading this and looking at how you emphasize and read and read certain, you know, say certain things in certain ways. And, you know, if you want to look going out of your way to find more acronyms to put into your group, you're obviously, okay, you're obviously over here and you're not one to communicate with anybody who you may not necessarily agree with or you basically run parallel on thoughts with. And quite frankly, I have no respect for what you did. Now, from an apo- would an apology help? No. I don't think you, I mean, I think you should apologize. I don't think it'll help. Okay. I think your apology would be vacant and completely freaking useless. I think what you just need to do is get, it's just go do something else. I think you need to leave your brother alone. Your brother obviously has some issues with you. And I don't know if it has anything to do with you being gay. This is, a, this is a tough topic. Now, do you want my opinion on the top? I don't care about 
Okay, I have friends that are gay. I don't care. You want to get married and be miserable like every other married person? I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. It has no bearing on my life whatsoever. And if it has no bearing on my life whatsoever, then I don't give a shit. Go do what you got to do. But go and do something. Don't be something. Do something. Okay? Your effort, a person's effort matters more to me than anything else in the world. But when your effort is put into getting somebody's, taking somebody else's livelihood away, then I got a huge problem with you as a person and your actions as well. So that's what I got to say about that one. I got no respect for you. What you did was horrible. You tried to cancel your own brother. You tried to go hashtag cancel culture on your own brother. And you're a shitty human being for fucking doing that. All right. We're at 54 minutes. I want to, or 55. I actually want to close up with, um, this is kind of a thing that I used to do. And I don't know why I did this. It's kind of awkward. And I need to stop doing it. How can I get my wife to stop trying to show up early for parties? My wife has a terrible, my wife has a terrible habit of always being early, whether it's for a party, football game, picnic, reunion, or et cetera, et cetera. It has reached a point where friends and family no longer tell her the correct time. And they want us to arrive because when they want us to arrive, because they don't want her there early. Her family started it and friends are following suit. Now she's upset because when she arrives, she isn't the first. Oh. But everybody else is happy because she's arriving when she's supposed to. Abby, most hosts don't want get. Okay, so this is for this. Uh, this is because that's the, the person she's questioning. Abigail Van Buren. The question was posed to at U Express. Abby, uh, most hosts don't want guests showing up early because they're still preparing and early arrivals get in the way. Please advise my wife to respect that. Okay. So, yes, uh, this is something I used to do, but I just wanted to be on time, and I was I, I overly prepare for a lot of things. So the fact is, is that yeah, I showed up for a lot of shit early. Hell, I showed up for dog sitting a week ahead of time. And that was by accident. I literally just showed up, and, and and they were on the couch sitting there watching TV. I'm like, something's not right here. And I only I got the vibe like halfway through. Like I don't think they're going anywhere. So I made them a bunch of soup, and I was like, all right, well, uh, I'll uh, see them next week. Okay, and I just took off and left. So. That was kind of the the thing about that. So I I do I this is an issue that I have, so I've decided to you know, hurry up and wait. So I'll go out of my way to be on time and then I'll just stop what I'm doing and then just wait. And I'll literally wait until the actual time that I was supposed to be there. Like, you need to be here for two o'clock. And then I will at two o'clock I will stay in my chair or do work on another project until it is two o'clock and then I will go. Because Obviously, you to show up fashionably late. There's that's okay. It is okay to possible to do that. People don't want it. People are like I can't be late or whatever. This I think is because she wants to know that she's there for. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any positive to actually showing up early like that unless you can help in some way, shape, or form. If you can actually help by showing up early, great. If they but they have to ask for your help. You ask them ahead of time. Hey, if you need me there early to prep or whatever, I can absolutely do that. And if they like that, great. They'll say so. Otherwise, there's no reason for you to show up 30 minutes early, 20, you know, an hour early. There's no reason. Because if you want people to see them see you the most, most likely see you, it's like you want everybody if you're going to show up and you want everybody to see you, then you show up late. That's what you do. You don't show up early. There's no point in that. You know? Uh so my advice to you uh as far as your wife goes, yeah. That's it. She has no right to be upset. You should be showing up late anyways. You know, show up either on time or late. 
Don't try to be there early for whatever reason because maybe you're trying to have a conversation before everybody shows up or whatever. That's that's not that's not the time nor place for that. You can't be doing that. So what you need to do is you need to be stern with them. Like, we're not doing this anymore because they say so. And if they're all in agreement, then I'm in agreement. Fucking deal with it. So, uh, yeah, that is kind of silly that yeah, I, I had that problem, but I've admitted to it. But it was not... I just wanted to be ahead of the game, but I think it was just because I was over-preparing to the point that I'm very organized, so I have I have the ability to show up uh, to things early. But then I realized there's no... With everything that I have going on, I now am in a position to, well, I guess show up late. But if I have to be on time for something, believe me, I'll be on time, I'll be early. That's not, that's not an issue. Very rarely am I late for something. Very, very rarely. But for these things, yeah, you can nonchalantly, unless you want good parking. And I learned that the hard way one year when I showed up late to a party and the next thing you know, my car is in shambles on the side of the road and the police don't show up for three fucking hours. Uh, good parking is definitely hard to come by at some of these places. So, but that's, that's a completely different scenario. I, you know, that I could have taken an Uber. That's my fault. I could have thought ahead. Oh, it's snowy out. I could have taken an Uber and then the Uber could have picked me up at the end of the night and then poof, no problems there. But through my mistake in not planning ahead like that, I ended up with a V8 convertible. So uh, I still I still won on, on that mark. Um, yeah, I made it through this whole thing with uh, this helmet on. And I think that the levels actually look pretty good. I've actually lowered the levels a little bit because I was getting a lot of pow, pow, pow on the last episode. So I've lowered the microphone levels a little bit. And I think it's going to come out quite good. So uh, I think we are at 50. Yeah, we're almost at an hour here. So I think we're I think we're okay. And then, of course, when I add in the extra, I've, uh, I actually had to do some pre-recording of the Robin Hood um, read that I do now. So I, I actually did, I actually went ahead and did the pre-recordings, and I'm going to do that for all of them going forward. Uh, so when I'm doing the live stream, the only one that I'll actually do in the very beginning is the support uh, to support this podcast. That's the only one I'll be doing. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm or uh, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. I, I stream there and on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Check out my YouTube channel, positive sarcasm. You can check out all my videos and stuff there. But definitely check out my Instagram for all these clips that are coming out and subscribe to my freaking YouTube channel, but subscribe to this podcast. All right. Go to, you know, I'm on all of them. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, what's the other one? Tune in, podcast addict, Stitcher. I'm on all, all of them, so please, whichever one you know fits your fancy and works in your cell phone, uh, you could go ahead and you can stream stream them through there. You can download through there, but subscribe, rate, review, share. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing this, and this helmet is awesome. But be on the lookout, hopefully, uh, in in the first state. I got to work on stage three of the uh, next pro- video project that I'm working on. Hopefully, I can get it done. Shout out to. Uh, what is it? Stickermule.com. Go to stickermule.com for all your sticker, you know, sticker needs. They make some really, really cool stuff. Shout out to them for the promo they just ran. They got me some brand new stickers for uh, for my company, new Positive Sarcasm logos. Uh, last time they sent me, I got the black on white. This time I got the blue on white. They're super awesome, and they're going to look great on whatever I, well, put them on. And uh, if you want one, shoot, you know, hit me up. Just send me a shout out. But uh, we are over an hour here, and... Uh, I don't know how I make it through these episodes every week. It's pretty crazy, especially while wearing a helmet. But uh, I think we're good here for this week. I got to go ahead. But until next time, streaming live for the Spare Parts Studio. Thank you guys for listening, watching, supporting. 
I will talk to you all very soon. Happy Halloween. Stripping, stripping, stripping. Stream. Oh, and uh, what music song? What song am I going to put on here? Hmm. I'll have to figure that out. I'll put a song on here that, you know, kind of fits the uh, mold for uh, this episode. But once again, streaming live for the Spare Parts Studios. I will talk to you guys next week. Therefore, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. As a kite by then I miss the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a timeless flight
to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.